Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our Seventh Heaven podcast. Yeah, in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing uh, Season 3, Episode 10 of Seventh Heaven, the title of which is Here Comes Santa Claus. That's right. It's Christmas in April. Or March. April. Or if you're in Germany, the title of the episode is Christmas. Um, although I would have been like, oh, I think that's a Dutch thing. If they're like, here comes Sinterklaas. Okay, anyway, so that might be Dutch. Um, so our IMDb user synopsis for this episode is, Like every Christmas, Eric compromises the kids' fun by imposing voluntary good deeds and cheating the draw of the family presence distribution. Matt is even pressed into a mall Santa job with a jealously rebellious dwarf-sized elf. Wade can't avoid a family event, and his gift for Lucy stirs more absurd speculations. Mary felt lucky about the soup kitchen she's pressed into, happens to recruit Hunky Carlos, a homeless Puerto Rican New Yorker who travels since his home breakup two years ago. But Eric arranges a speedy reconciliation. Simon takes it on himself to save Ruthie from losing faith in Santa. Eric and Annie's second-hand or homemade gifts rule bites them in the asses, yet Santa rescues them. So is this going to be a thing where this user constantly refers to Jordan as Wade? I guess. Maybe they can't separate the character from the actor, yeah. Um, Well, they should because the actor is like eight years older than... You're so hung up on this age thing. I am! Age is important. No, it isn't. Well, I mean, I think in, like, the context of high school it is, but he's just playing, like, a high school senior, so it's not, like, I don't know, like a freshman and a senior. I don't know. Well, anyway, so that happens. Most of it happens. Um, again, Wade is Jordan. Yes, for future reference, Wade is always Jordan. Wade is never Wade. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll just get into it with yeah. Cole Open. Um, again... Dancing. Everybody loves dancing in the Camden Kitchen. Uh, but it's Christmas-themed dancing uh, to Jingle Bell Rock. And I guess a fun trivia fact is that if you were watching this on in the original air and on um, Amazon Prime Video, uh, they are dancing to Jingle Bell Rock. But if you have the DVD of this... That was um, released in 2006. They are dancing to a pop version of Go Tell It on the Mountain. I don't know what that song is. Um, I'm, I do, but I'm not going to, like, sing it. So. I wasn't expecting you to. That's my job. I do the singing here. What if, what if I was really good? <laughs> well, that's the point. I'm not good, and that's why I do the singing. Okay. Um, I'm not really good. <laughs> so, um, as our user Snubs said, um, they're just dancing. Simon enters, and he's wearing comically tiny pajamas. Um, he doesn't want to take them off because it's tradition for him to wear them, and he can't get his size now in these, like, candy cane, uh, pajamas. Like, he'd have to wear old man blue pajamas if he decides to get you pajamas. How many times can one say pajamas? Um. PJams. Uh. Mary and Lucy walk in. Storm in. And, and yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After you, milady. Well, they're angry. <laughs> Uh, because the Rev is forcing them to volunteer, as our user synopsis so wisely tells us. Um, Mary is being forced to work in the soup kitchen, while Lucy is forced to cast and put on the... I should not say this word because I don't know how to say Live it. Live nativity. Yes, that um, at the church. Also, I just you just said it, the contradiction of forced volunteering. Yes. <laughs> it's not volunteering. volunteering. 
Um, they're both upset, and then Matt also gets forced to volunteer. <laughs> but this time, it's not a volunteer, it's, it's a, a paying, paying job. Yeah. Um, Matt is looking to take the new quote-unquote girl of the week, which is exactly what the Rev calls her, uh, who we don't find out her name until about halfway through the episode, to the university charity ball. And he needs money to do that, so he's going to play a mall Santa. Yeah. Um, I think that's the cold open. And that's it. And then everybody kind of goes off on their own. Uh, so, um, So we come back from the cold open, and I think Annie is writing at all the family members' names on a piece of paper because the Camdens... I mean, it is a lot of uh, people. If, like, you had to get a gift for every single person in the family, it would be a lot, and the kids don't have any money because none of them work. Um, So they, like, do basically, like, a secret Santa, and when Annie writes her and the Rev's name on the piece of paper, she, like, folds it up so that they can cheat when they stick their hands in the bowl, and I was like, I don't understand why they even enter. They don't need to cheat. They could just tell the kids every year, like, your father and I are going to get gifts for each other, and you all get gifts for, like, right. the Secret Santa way. Especially because we learn quite quickly that ev- all the kids know that the parents cheat. Because, I mean, I feel like after however many years of always having Annie get the Rev and the Rev get Annie, someone would get suspicious. Um, so, I don't think we find out until the, the, at end. the end of the episode who gets who. But uh, we-, we learn that the rules are... I didn't write them all. Oh, they have to either... So they they can't buy gifts. They have to either do service, like perform service for the person that they've drawn, make them a gift, or give away something that they already own to the person that they've drawn. Um, so that, like, n- this isn't even, like, a plot point until the end. It's not like, well, I guess Simon's, I don't know. Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just... So basically, no. as uh, Aaron said, because they don't have jobs and because you're the Reverend's family... You have to do things the way that no capitalism. Basically. I don't know, just the, but the way that I just feel like this could have been a plot point, like somebody stressing out over what to get their person, but that's not even no. a consideration. It's just like in the end, they all know what they are. Right, so Jordan um, stops by. He uh, cannot spend Christmas with Lucy um, because he is going to visit his uncle Sal and his uncle Sal's pet monkey. Because it's the closest thing to, I think he says, like a grandparent that he has or a cousin. So he gives Lucy this big box. It's a gift. It is wrapped. And he tells her that she can't open it until Christmas. Uh, And Lucy is like, has not gotten Jordan anything we gather because she's like, oh, I have a gift for you, but it's upstairs and I haven't wrapped it yet. Um, Which is just a lie. Uh, Jordan is like, it's okay, you can give it to me when I come back. But basically, Lucy's storyline for the rest of the episode is her flipping out and going what Mary calls Christmas crazy about, one, what um, Jordan got her, and then two, when she finds out what Jordan got her, what it means. (laughs) And also, she's concerned that he's going to break up with her, because that's always... That's just always what she's concerned about. Um, The next time that we see Lucy is she is complaining to Annie about everything that she has to do, uh, including she's like, I need money to get Jordan a gift. I need $100 because that's how much couples these spend days. on each other these days. And then she's complaining about having to cast. Have you ever spent $100 on someone that is yeah, <laughs> a couple, a person that you are seeing? <laughs> Not like in, how old is she? She's like 15. Oh, I guess I shouldn't be saying that. I have too. But also we are like 10 years, more than 10 years older than her, so. Yeah. 
but I mean, I yeah, mean, not when I was a teenager. Well, especially I'm also thinking that this is like 1998, Eight. um, and a hundred dollars is like more than like that's uh, so like many Mets tickets. When I was like 15, like a hundred dollars was less money because it was like that's how inflation yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. That's what. Everybody needs $100. Apparently tickets to the Matt's Charity Bowl are also $100 because he asked the rabbit first. So everything's $100. Um, and Annie is like, why don't you just do what like we're doing for the family and do something creative? And she doesn't have time to be creative. But um, Annie then gives – because she's like having – she's struggling to find people to do the – can you say the word? The nativity. Nativity. I will nativity. I'll remember Live that. Live nativity. Um, and Annie says, well, why don't you make it into like an audition process and say like, you have to compete to get a, pl- a spot here. And Lucy's <laughs> dubious about this like kind of being a thing that works because who's going to come and audition for the live nativity? Um, oh, look, you said it. I did. I learned. I am a growing as a human being here on this podcast. You probably will never, ever need to say that in your actual life. Exactly. That's probably why I don't know how to say it, because I've never had to say it before. Um, in French, it's called a crèche. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. So she is in a whirlpool of crazy currently, um, <laughs> not being able to figure out what to do for the nativity and not being able to figure out what uh, Jordan has got her. So she's uh, moping in her room where Mary's like, well, I didn't promise Jordan that I wouldn't wait until Christmas. So she takes a peek into the present. And she reveals, well, Lucy's like, what is it? And Mary's like, you don't want to know. And she's like, yes, I do. And she's like, no, you really don't want to know. And she's like, okay, it's a shoeshine kit. And then Lucy doesn't believe it. And then she jumps over to Mary's bed and they pull out a shoeshine kit from the box. Um, so, like, Lucy's like, well, what does this mean? Like, he's obviously not attracted to her. He just wants her to shine his shoes. Uh, yeah. So she's like, well, I mean, I would be happy because that really lowers the bar for him. Right. She still hasn't gotten him a gift. I'm not spending $100 now. If, but she just thought, I guess, I think she thought that it was expensive because it was, like, a big box. Um, so anyway, uh the next scene we really have with Lucy is she's trying to cast. Yeah. The, so, so she shows up to the church or like the gymnasium and there's a, a ton of people there. Um, fun fact, a lot of the people that um, are trying out in the scene to be in the nativity are actually crew members from 7th Heaven. Yeah. And there's a man with blue hair who's like, I want to be baby Jesus. G- Jesus. Yeah. And Lucy's like... Jesus is a baby in the nativity scene, and he's like, you said all ages, ethnicities, like, the yeah. casting call. So, power to him. You know what? Make your own baby Jesus. And I made a prediction. I was like, you know what would suck is if, like, all of these, like, hundreds of people are auditioning, and Lucy's just like, ah, never mind. We'll just have our family do it. But then she actually chooses people. Spoiler alert. They, yeah, she chooses people after, like... This kind of like montage of her looking tired, like a tired casting director. She at even a table. sounds like a tired casting director by this point. Um, I think uh, the actress playing Lucy Beverly Mitchell may have not been feeling well, or because she had done so much acting recently, um, <laughs> like uh, had some voice issues because she sounded like yeah, she definitely a, had a cold, a harried or harrowed. 
a tired casting director. Um, but she finally she chooses some people to be the people in the nativity. Yeah. Um, uh, eventually, the, the Rev comes in at some point and is, like, helping her. I don't know. So Meanwhile, uh, Mary being the good older sister she is. Uh, oh, was this her gift? Yeah. Did she, oh, okay, because I was like, Mary didn't give anyone anything <laughs> at the end. She um, is frantically on the line with a telephone operator looking for someone named Sal. Um, this is our one of our who the fuck is that of this episode. <laughs> um, I guess I put extra S's everywhere. Uh, the telephone operator is played by an actress named Ruth Buzzy. And Ruth Buzzy is most recognizable from her years on Sesame Street. Yeah. And also as an eccentric telephone operator. I will have to say that uh, Seventh Heaven kind of does this thing. Uh, it's like, I guess, a continued gag that they have throughout all of their um, season or se- season so far where anybody, if like there's a telephone operator or a telemarketer or somebody that you're on the phone with, um, they usually are like eccentric. Remember the woman from the dog? Oh, yeah. Catalog? <laughs> she was pretty like yeah. weird. Um so I guess it's a thing that they do. The telephone operator, some, like, basically Mary's like, look, um, my little sister's boyfriend gave her a shoe shine kit, and... You, she, did you, she's trying to get Sal's... Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I said that earlier. Okay, yeah, all right. So, and so, I guess, like, the telephone operator is like, that's how I got my fiancé. I don't know. But absolutely, I think this is also just implant, like, there's definitely, like, Mary's like, oh, it's a small town, but, like... There's not going to be one Sal. Like, I don't know. Maybe there is. Uh, it depends on how small the town is, but I don't think you can do this. I don't think this works. <laughs> Mary gets Sal's number and presumably gets in touch with Jordan. Uh, this all happens on off screen because the next thing we know, the phone rings and it's Jordan for Lucy. Um, and he is sitting with, I think it's Christmas Eve or Christmas yes. Day. No, it's Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Um, and he's sitting uh, at Uncle Sal's house with a basketball in his lap. And he asks Lucy if she opened her present yet, and he, she's like, no, because you told me to wait until Christmas. Um, and then he's like, oh, well, Uncle Sal's monkey just opened your present. And we can see on the basketball there's, like, writing, and uh, he says, like, I think Lucy kind of is like, oh, I opened your gift, and why did you give me a shine kit? And Jordan is like, oh, well, the gifts got mixed up, and my gift to you is this basketball from the game, the like, he scored the winning It's like point. the game ball. Yeah. Like, you know, when uh, in most sports, like, yeah. the game ball goes to, like, the MVP, MVP of that game. So I guess it was an important game in the basketball times. That he was, like, the MVP of. And on it, he has written... He said, I wanted to give you this on Christmas Day because I, I wanted to tell you on Christmas. But it says, I love you. So he tells Lucy over the phone that he loves her. And then she says it back. And I think that, I guess, going like to like what the Camden's like, I have to spend $100. Like, Lucy's just so happy. And it's like, oh, this gift came from the heart. And it was, like, sort of homemade. <laughs> so, I guess love is homemade. Those are the best gifts. <laughs> uh, Basketballs are not homemade. No, but, but, <laughs> but love is homemade. Yes, I guess. I so, mean, I guess. If you consider your home your body. <laughs> <laughs> I live in it every day, so... Okay, so that is Lucy's happy ending. She is in love. Yeah, Um, and then, as you said, at the end, um, the entire family ends up 
playing the nativity uh, because, like, we get the idea that Annie loves doing it, so... Yeah, so they fire the people. Yeah, they fire the people. (laughs) And they end up playing... So I think Mary plays... No, Annie plays Mary, right? Yeah. Um... The Rev plays Joseph. Yes. Um, Ruthie plays an angel who says words. Does she have a name? I think it would be Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel is like the Christmas angel. <laughs> Lucy, uh, Mary, and Matt play the three kings. Yeah, the wise men. The wise the kings. Men. And then Simon is just like a shepherd. He's just like a guy. And <laughs> Happy is a sheep. Yes. Or uh, a dog, because shepherds have dogs. Hey! <laughs> Did it. Yeah, but no, but she's, like, wearing a costume. <laughs> I think we're supposed to think she's a sheep, but, yeah, she could have just as well been... No one is playing baby Jesus. ...herself. No, it's just, like, a plastic baby. Um, like, like a doll. I don't know why. It's a, a plastic, plastic baby. baby. <laughs> um, okay. We're clearly... This is not a great episode, guys. <laughs> just yeah. FYI. Well, all right. We'll, we'll get to... At the end, we can decompress on this episode. But anyway, so we'll get to... Mary. Mary. So Mary, as we said... Has to volunteer at the soup cake kitchen. Cake soup cake. cake soup kitchen for Christmas, and on her first day there, she's kind of like in the back room preparing food, and she's cutting potatoes. Yes, and the woman who owns the soup kitchen, which we later we later find that out, um, brings in this man, this tall, dark, blue-eyed man. Not like I mean, like dark hair. Yeah. yeah um, and it is Carlos, and I'm not going to say anything more about Carlos, but... So Carlos is Carlos Ponce? Ponce? Ponce, Ponce, yeah. who is pr- played by Carlos Rivera, who has had a long and illustrious career on... No, Carlos Rivera is the name of the character. Carlos Ponce is the actor. Oh, shit, my bad, sorry. <laughs> Carlos Ponce is Well, they the shouldn't a- have done that. <laughs> ...is the actor playing Carlos Rivera. Uh, Carlos Ponce has had a... Long career in uh, telenovelas and Telemundo, but he's also uh, done a lot of voice acting. He was in Ice Age and he was in Rio. So he has very nice blue eyes. So um, Mary is like kind of like making eyes at him, and as we learn, I think it's we don't learn this in the soup kitchen because all we really get is them just. Oh wait, no, they do interact a little yeah. bit when they're like serving food. Um, but Carlos, as we said in the IMDb user synopsis, is kind of like, I don't want to say like, he's like a vagabond. He's like just moving around. Oh, now I have the Frank Sinatra song in my head. Um, so Mary is like, oh, well, it's the holidays. Like, why don't you come and stay with my family? Um, which the I, Rev is horrified, but because Annie has a history of bringing home random men. Uh, and so call is the back, rev. Yeah, they call, all do. Call back to the re- call back to the vet who came over a few episodes back during the wedding episode. Um, they're okay with it, so he ends up staying in the garage. We find out a little bit more about his family. There, he's from back east. Him which and his, means New York. Yes, him and his father had a falling out, and since then, uh, Carlos has just been traveling along. Um, he's pretty like quiet. Um, he doesn't want to be in the way. At first he says, like, I can't stay here because your house is so, like, full. I don't want to be, like, an imposition um, during, like, kind of, like, the holiday, holiday yeah. hectic time. Um, but that's so Annie's like, he's like, I'll just pitch, I'll find somewhere to pitch my tent. And she's like, well, you could pitch it in our garage because no one's, you won't be in anyone's way out there. So he agrees. Um, I think this, Mary, Mary doesn't really have a storyline. It's really just Carlos, um, 
They yeah, like she says in passing, like he's cute or whatever, but there's not really, they don't really interact much beyond the soup kitchen. They play go fish. Yeah. But um, basically the Rev uh, tells Carlos that, you know, it's um, it's that time of the year and there is a, f- like a flight, a midnight flight to New York so you can go reconcile with your father waiting for you at the airport. Uh, somebody made an anonymous donation uh, to him. So I thought that was the Rev, but it turns out it's not the Rev. Because the next day is Christmas Day and... Um Mary is at the soup kitchen, and she, the the owner who introduced Carlos to Mary, comes in and is like, Mary's like, oh, he just left this note. He didn't even say goodbye. He left like in the middle of the night, and um, the soup kitchen lady is like, oh, that was me. That she paid for the ticket, um, and that was like, she says, I do one charitable thing a year. Um, and this was it. And Mary's like, you own the soup kitchen. You do <laughs> so, a charitable yeah. thing all the time. And apparently, no, this is not a charitable thing. This is a gift that, she, that this is a gift for her, um, which I don't understand. But okay. So Carlos is back in New York. Yes. Uh, so Carlos, I mean, presumably is reunited with his family, hopefully, and doesn't have like a crazy another fight with them over Christmas because what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. Um, we're, we're thinking it's a happy ending. Yeah. Um, good for Carlos. I really liked his eyes. Did I say that already? Yes. Okay. Um, so let's move on to... Con- they really stuck out on his face. Let's do Simon really quickly, because I feel like... Yeah, I don't even know what happened. I said, oh, all right, yeah. So, um, so as we said, Simon in the pajamas, he doesn't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. Um, I'm a Toys R Us kid. And he becomes fixated on decorating the house and like putting the Christmas lights up. Um, and everyone keeps telling him that he's too young, but he's like, I'm too big for the pajamas, but I'm too young for the Christmas lights. Um, but yeah, he spends most of the episode in the love den, decking it out in Christmas tree and lights. Um, we have one scene, which is supposed to be like a callback to Men in Black. I was thinking that this was more of like a Christmas vacation thing when like... But they don't put sunglasses on there. But, like, I thought, like, the lights were going to be blinding. And the, the... All right, so he has... All of the lights are set up, and he's ready to plug them in. And before he does it, he puts on sunglasses, which is the men in black thing. And then he gives sunglasses... Or Mayor, um, Annie comes in, and he gives... Annie, like, also takes sunglasses because everything's too bright, and they kind of have this scene where they're... They look like they... Well, the lights aren't... The lights only light up when someone rings the doorbell. So, like, Simon is like... Oh, it must be an electrical issue or whatever, which I thought was like a, a Christmas vacation thing where it's like, aha, what a big joke, um, except much less funny. Um, so Simon's storyline is also kind of tied into Ruthie's in that he, when, while he's not doing Christmas decorating stuff, he's trying to, like Ruthie keeps on asking him questions about how Santa gets around the world in one night and how he delivers presents to all of the kids everywhere. And Simon's like, he just does. And he's been doing this for so long. He knows where everything is and he knows how to do it quickly. And he's efficient. And although who he is gone, Ruthie's innocence is tied now to to Santa. It's tied to Santa now that he, that she needs to believe in things like Santa Claus. So then she can do deal with bigger things like God later on. Um, and Simon wants to preserve this, but, uh, so his like hang up is trying to figure out how to make sure Ruthie continues to believe in Santa Claus. And why is Ruthie's belief in Santa Claus messed up? Well, that's all Matt Camden's fault. Um, 
so yeah, are we done with Simon? I guess uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty uh, much it. I mean, we yeah, can, we we'll, see. We'll get well because after they do the gift exchange. Okay. Yeah. So um, as we said, Matt becomes a mall Santa, and um, this nameless girl. Um, her name is Jenny. I'm gonna stop calling. But all my notes say nameless girl because we don't learn her name until like halfway through the episode. So. Um, for some reason, even though the Camdens, like, won't let Lucy go in a car with, like, friends who just got their license or whatever, this girl who literally was just introduced for this episode is like, I'm going to take Ruthie shopping, and we're going to go, like, look at Christmas. I don't know. They were going to go do something. They were going to do something, but then Ruthie, because she wanted to go see the mall Santa, um, was like, you know, the mall is right on the way, and the girl Jenny's like, no, it isn't, but because Ruthie is manipulative and is really cunning, was she's definitely a Slytherin, was, um... <laughs> Fig, like, figured out a way to convince Jenny. Um, meanwhile, before they show up, um, we see... So Aaron and I talked about how this episode just had every Christmas trope ever. And I think one of the things that we hate most is, like, how Christmas helpers are... Like, e- like the trope is usually that they're, like, the grumpiest people in the world. Yeah. Um, um, I think... Can, can we say elves? I mean, it's like... A, I don't know. It's part of, like, the folklore... Um, well, that's the character that the, yeah, 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 yeah. so, he's a Christmas helper, so it's like, <laughs> Christmas helpers, yeah, right, or like elves, that's like no, Santa's, oh, I meant, yeah, 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 Santa's elves, yeah, Santa's okay. elves, yeah, I didn't, all right, no, I just we, meant like generally, like, yeah, so anyway, of course, there's a guy there who was like, just like eating a whole pack of Rolades and is yelling at Matt, because he's like, I bet you get this job because you know someone, like, somebody calls out and... You know, of course, you're, like, so young and fresh-faced. Like, you're, of course, you're Santa. It's just, like, discriminatory. Um, He's just super grumpy the entire time. We see Matt having a miserable time being Santa. There's a girl who comes up, and she's like, you need to repeat my list back to me. And she wants a, a princess dyed beanie baby, which, TBT, um, that, I, I think those might still, that was the one that was supposed to be worth all the money, um, as well as a Titanic. Especially because in the, dur- at the time that this episode aired, I feel like she uh, had been dead for at least a year. Yeah, it was like a year and a half. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, the Titanic video set, because of course it was two VHS tapes, because it but was she's too long. Definitely too young to be watching Titanic. I think Titanic was rated R. It was, but so. I saw it when I was like five, so. Okay, that's you, but this is Seventh Heaven. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like it was like one of those movies that like everyone had seen. Yeah, but there's like a you, ma- like major sex scene and also a naked lady being painted like she's French. Okay. <laughs> well, um anyway, so And like she and some sort of like char- like specific charms which um Matt can't name. So this girl like kicks him in the shin. And um the uh, Santa's elf is like really happy about all of this. Uh, Ruthie and Jenny show up and so, like Matt doesn't even say anything but when as soon as Ruthie gets on his lap she just pulls the beard off and then there's a great yeah, photo yeah. taken at this, the exact moment the beard is pulled off where Matt and Ruthie are just screaming. And the reason that this is so uh, I guess comedic is because Matt refuses to tell Jenny what he's doing to make money to get to the university charity ball. And as we said, Ruthie's already asking a lot of questions about how Santa does all the things he does. So this kind of, like, fucks her up completely because she's like, Santa's not real? Or my brother is pretending to be Santa? Or, like, impersonation? Who knows? Yeah, and then she's got all these questions for Matt, and he's like, I just work for Santa. And then 
Matt, Matt never learns Carlos's name, so he keeps saying, like, who is this? And Ruthie's like, if you were really working for Santa, you would know. Um, so anyway, that kind of later on, Jenny, I guess we can just tie this into Matt's because, like, these are all just running. They, they yeah, just, like, yeah. run into each other. So um, Matt gets fired, be- which actually this makes no sense either. Like, Ruthie pulled the beard off. It's not like Matt revealed himself to her. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But he probably would be fired if he revealed himself to someone. So, um... He does not have they, the money to take... So, yeah, he doesn't get paid um, for the day that he worked. So he can't go to the, um, whatever it was, the University, University Ch- Charity, Charity Ball. Ball. So, um... Jenny comes over to the house dressed up like she's ready to go to the ball. She's and honestly dressed up like a Disney princess. I gather, like, a Cinderella. She's wearing blue. Mm-hmm. Or, like... An ice princess, but not Elsa. Yeah, it's a very, um, like, winter... I mean, yeah, I don't know. I would just wear black in the winter. Um, I just wear and black the summer. all the and time. <laughs> so... She says that she's wearing green. Um, so the... It's March. It's festive. It's cultural. Yeah, <laughs> it is still March while we're recording. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, she's, she's in the dress, and, like, Matt tells her, I got fired, I don't have the money, we can't go to the ball. And he's, for some reason, still in his Santa suit... And she's like, no, come on, come with me and, like, bring your suit. And they go to this fountain somewhere. Um, it's all, like, colored, like... The water is like, got lights yeah. on it? Um, and music is playing. It's ha- I think it's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I believe so. And she puts out her, like, she just wants to dance with Matt. Um, so they start... Slow dancing. Slow dancing to have yourself a merry little Christmas, which I guess is like an okay. I don't know. It's supposed to be romantic, but all it kind of just looked like it was like a knockoff Boot Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they should have played Mariah. So, um, <laughs> but, was it like all I want for Christmas is you, or just any of Mariah's Christmas songs? Um, I guess any of them. I would <laughs> but, you won't uh, mind. You just want Mariah Carey. Yeah. So that's like about. That, that's really all that happens, um, and we're he's never just gonna, really happy that and we're never going to see Jenny again. Yeah, they're just slow dancing together. Uh, did I mention that Jenny, who Jenny is? Nope, because she's unimportant. My oh, bad. I do have one note on this because she had like this weird quote where she apologizes to Matt for like, you know, she was like, "I didn't realize I would never have brought Ruthie to the mall if I knew that you." Where the Santa and Matt says like don't feel guilty about it or something and she goes for Christmas I'm giving myself permission not to feel guilty about anything and then Matt says I wish everybody could give themselves that present well I guess like guilt is a wasted like emotion I guess so is regret yeah so are all emotions yeah <laughs> all of don't them don't feel anything don't ever. feel anything ever um so we're never gonna see her again and also this entire time the fountain like you said it sounds like someone is peeing yeah it like the fountain sound effects are a lot louder than a lot louder than anything else going on but it doesn't sound romantic or like a waterfall it sounds like urine you're in, yeah you're like a, a urinal yeah you're it sounds like you're in a men's bathroom yeah um, so it was really romantic. So romantic. Uh, but yay, Matt gets a happy ending with a girl we'll never see again. And now we have The Rev and Annie, which was arguably my least favorite. Awful. I hate this stupid Christmas trope. I mean, they've done, we've already done like the doubting Santa and like Simon like growing up and like, oh, Christmas is changing for me because I'm getting older and it's like maybe less magical. I can't wear my pajamas. And the mall Santa storyline. Yeah, and. Um, I guess Lucy kind of with the... 
like rom- like, like ha- romantic the Christmas couples yeah. first Christmas like the stresses of gift giving and then I guess Mary's like trope is like helping people I guess because she ends up like liking it um I think or I don't know so now we've got every single show does this the stupid gift of the magi trope and I first learned this when I watched Christmas Eve on Sesame Street when Bert and Ernie do this and then Mr. Hooper saves the day Um, can you explain what the gift of the magi trope is okay so you I'm sure you've all seen this in some Christmas episode of a show or tv like or movie whatever where um Two people are, have to get gifts for each other, and they have the idea for the perfect gift for the other person, but they can't afford it. So they sell something that they own um, to get this gift, and on the same, uh, the other person has the same idea. And usually, I don't know how to describe this. Like in okay, so in Sesame, in Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, um, Bert, I forget if it's Bert or Ernie has like a rubber ducky, and like. Oh, Bert, um, no, Ernie has the rubber ducky, and Bert's like, I'm going to get him a soap dish for his rubber ducky, but I'm going to trade my paper clip collection for it. So he goes to Mr. Hooper and is like, have my paper clips, and he gets the soap dish, and Ernie is like, I'm going to get uh, Bert a cigar, a cigar box to s- store his paper clip collection. So Ernie goes and trades his rubber ducky for a cigar box. So then, in the end, they exchange the gift, but neither one of them has the item that they intended to like it the gift is supposed to complement something that the person already has and, and that person no longer has the thing because anymore. they've pawned it for like the other person's gift and it's like oh my god I, you like i know that this thing means so much to you and you gave it up so that you could get me something and then it's like you did the same thing for me um, Love is real. Christmas Eve on Sesame Street is great. You should watch it. Um, so this is basically exactly what happens in uh, Seventh Heaven with Annie and the Rev. So um, earlier in the cold open, we have the Rev looking nostalgically. Actually, he's been doing a lot of nostalgia lately. He's at- like looking. Yeah, he's looking for the Christmas decorations, and he finds a box of all these old like forty fives. Oh, the forty fives. I thought for some reason they were called forty sixes. No. Nope. No. That's wrong. So uh, forty fives for anyone who's me. Those tiny uh, records that go into um, jukeboxes. So he's looking at those, and then in the conversation that we discussed briefly before, when Annie Annie's trying to brainstorm when she's talking to Lucy about like I don't know what to get your father, and this is when Lucy's like I need a hundred dollars to spend on Jordan. Lucy says, "Well, I saw you know Dad looking at those uh, his old forty fives." So why don't you get him something really, like, why don't you get, like, an old record player that you could fix up or, you know, just something to to allow him to, like, listen to those again. And Annie's like, that's a great idea. So. Meanwhile, um, we find out that Annie has a cross that her mother gave her. It's, like, quite expensive looking. There's diamonds in it. And she can't wear it because she's never, she doesn't have a chain that, like, goes well enough with it. And so, um. The Rev decides that he wants to get her a chain for this cross. Uh, but because the rules of Christmas, uh, Secret Santa, are that you can't, like, spend, spend money, money. Um, that you have to do, like, trading or other th- ways to get your, like, gift, uh, they go to... They decide... So Annie They go decides, to the pawn shop. Yeah, Annie yeah. decides she's going to give away her cross to get the jukebox that she's going to fix up, and the Rev decides he's going to give away his records to get the chain to uh, get... Put the cross on. on. So um, they go to the pawn shop, as you said, and the pawn shop is owned by Rocky. Um, Rocky, who's played by Tim Conway, who is most well-known for The Carol Burnett Show, 
Um, he's also done some other things that are more um, recent. recent. He played he played a reverend. I guess he learned from the rev here in the Melissa and Joey show. Um, he also was on Glee. <laughs> you have nothing to say. I think I know what episode it was. It was the one that like Chris Colfer wrote. It was not a good episode. Um, <laughs> he is in a lot of things. Yeah. So this guy, uh, so he's like, he looks at Annie's cross and he's like, oh yeah, absolutely. You can get the jukebox for this. Um, and then the Rev comes in and explains like why he's trading in his records. And this guy has like this look. He has he, like a realization face. He looks so sick. And I'm like, how did no one notice this? Um, not a very good poker but face. But he also so. acts not like a pawn shop owner would act when Annie is telling him that this is his mother's cross. She's like, I, he's like, I can't take this. Oh yeah. Um, when a real pawn shop owner would just try to rip you off. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so like this, of course, at, like that's really their storyline. They just yeah. trade in the stu- like the complimenter, like the item that's supposed to complement the gift they're going to get. It um, all culminates on Christmas Eve because the Camdens are a Christmas Eve Christmas opening present family. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, what you said. They do their gift exchange on Christmas Eve. That is what uh, I said. That's what I said. Um, so let's go through who everybody has for Secret Santa and what they got each other. So I think we start with Simon, who had Ruthie. Uh, Simon gave Ruthie his old Katie Kane pajamas, which is him like letting go of childhood and and wanting to keep childhood still alive for his sister. Uh, his other gift is him like trying to get he prays to God for God to make Ruthie believe in Santa, um, which we'll get to in a second. Which I think might be like sacrilege. <laughs> I think about it. Um, so then Mary had Lucy. Uh, which we know that her gift was calling Jordan to fix everything up because now Lucy has love in her life, which the Rev is not happy about at all. No, they do. Well, I mean, yeah, he makes it. He's like, uh, they're like, oh, he said he loved you. And Uh, then we love you, too. And then the Rev is like, yeah, don't we all? (laughs) And yeah, uh, he's but like she's like, I'm in love. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Lucy has Mary and Lucy's gift to Mary is uh, volunteering at the soup kitchen, which was totally not... It's not like she's doing anything for Mary. Mary or she, so mm-hmm. she's like, I saw what a, like how, how much fun you've been having this week, so I'm going to volunteer at the soup kitchen. Matt has Simon, and he gives him... So apparently he got paid for the half day he worked at the mall, so he gives him a $50. Because he owed him money. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to pay you back like the money that I owe you. And Simon's like, let's just call it even. And uh, Simon gets richer. As Mary says, the rich get richer. <laughs> and uh, Ruthie has Matt. And Ruthie gives him. So she, all right, so she makes a, car, a homemade card with their photo of her pulling the beard off. Well, that's the thing. So the photo in the card is different than the photo that's taken. Oh, I did not notice. Yeah. But then she also used one of her old stuffed animals to make, like, fuzzy dye But it's, for... that's the thing. It's, she did, did the grammar thing again. They're fuzzy dice, but she hears fuzzy mice. Oh, I did not, un- I, I didn't hear that. All right. Yeah. I didn't hear that. I thought, <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> so she makes, like, one of her stuffed animals into fuzzy mice. Like, fuzzy like, mice. Okay. Yeah. So, like, of course, like, really, Matt really got the crappy gift here. I guess Matt and Mary. <laughs> Because, um, all right, so... It's time for the Rev and Annie to exchange their gifts. 
and I don't even think they they don't reveal to each other nope. when they open their gifts that like I traded in my um, you know the the cross and the forty fives for your gift um, and everybody goes to sleep or whatever and the next day it's Christmas Day and Ruthie and Simon are coming downstairs and at Simon, five a.m. yeah Simon is like it's five a.m. so she's like I heard something. And she goes to the door, and there is Rocky from the pawn shop trying to gather, like, he's like, he's got his hands full, so he's having trouble with all of the revs, 45s, and uh, he's got Annie's uh, cross. Mm -hmm. And they open the door, and um, this guy's just like, he well, Rocky is just, like, shocked, and he's like, give this to your mom and dad. And then he, um, she, Ruthie is like, who are you? And he puts on a Santa hat, because he's also wearing a Santa suit at 5 a.m. running around. And he's like, ho, 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 I'm Santa Claus. And Ruthie believes. So does Simon, actually. Simon looks like he's a bit like, Oof. He's like, who's this man? <laughs> so um, happy endings all around because it's Christmas time. Um, so this is actually Seven Heaven's first Christmas episode. Um, Not the last, but there aren't. they don't do it every season, thank God, because they just used every single... Christmas trope in one Yeah, in one episode. So what would, what, how would you rate this Christmas episode? I mean, I'm going to rate it comparatively to all of the other episodes, so I'm going to give it like a 1.5. Holy shit, that's exactly what I'm <laughs> going to give it. I also, I'm giving it a 1.5. There wasn't an original thought in this entire episode. All of this was just pulled from every other, like, you know, which by the way, I just want to say, I don't know if I said it before, but on Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, Mr. Hooper gives Bert and Ernie their stuff back. <laughs> So, in this so one, exactly Rocky, this man is yeah. Mr. Hooper. Um, if anybody's interested in reading Gift of the Magi, it's a story by O. Henry, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I don't exactly, I don't even know what happens in the original Gift of the Magi, but this happens over and over again in Christmas movies and TV shows. So, um, yeah, not great. Um, Do you have a Camden who is the best? Uh, I'm giving it to Mary. She helped out in a soup kitchen, she fell in love, and then she helped her sister out for no reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess she had a reason. It was her gift. Yeah, she had to give a gift. Um, I'm going to go with, like, I, I have no idea. No, they were all kind of on the same level for me in this episode. There was no good, there, there was no, char like, no character development, no, like, everyone was just static. Simon might have been, Simon seemed I to, I guess. Like, yeah, I guess, like, if I had to choose, now that you say it, I guess Simon would be the best because he actually, like, there was a little bit of character development for him. Um, and and he's I guess clearly looking out for his little sister. Yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, good on him. Um, but really, this, just, this episode just felt like scenes smashed together that were really not interconnected. Like Jenny showing up at Matt's house and then them going dancing in the streets was not like <laughs> right. was not connected to anything else. Especially because we're never gonna like Shauna's gonna come back. Spoiler alert! I mean, like, but they just ignore the fact that like Shauna was introduced like two or three episodes ago. They bring this other girl in, and, like for what? For Especially because like the moment is like ridiculously romantic, and one of the most romantic things we've seen in a Matt storyline, and to have that happen with a girl that we will never see again is kind of stupid. Oh, we did miss out on one thing, which was another Christmas trope. Um, so because Matt gets fired, the elf um, <sighs> gets promoted to being Santa, but he does, like, 
kids are not happy with his Santa Claus. So then there's this whole moment where there's a speech given to the to Santa where he like, I think he start, starts like reciting Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, He's like, if you prick us, us do we, we not, not bleed? bleed? And they're like, okay, maybe not too heavy. Yeah. I don't understand what the point of that was other than he's to, like, probably he's just to like, like add minutes to the show. He's like, we all deserve an equal opportunity at being Santa Claus, I think. So, yeah. anyway, bad episode. Yeah, bad episode. I mean... Maybe some good photos and videos to come from this that will be There on. are a lot of good, like, screenshot-worthy moments, but otherwise... And you can find those on our social media. Instagram and Twitter are at CamdenCast Show, and Facebook is just CamdenCast. But always remember that you can subscribe, rate, and review straight up on iTunes. Um, thanks for listening in today. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this was CamdenCast. Cast.